Amen. Good morning. Good to see all of you here this morning and uh, welcome to all of you who are viewing from your homes this morning. Psalm 59 this morning. Psalm 59 as we continue our series on David, the worshiping warrior of God. And while you're finding Psalm 59, as Jeff mentioned, there is baptism coming up on October the 21st, Saturday afternoon at Toby and Marsha's house in Chandler, Arizona. If you would like to be baptized, uh, please sign up either online or at the information table. They also have a running list back there as well. And if you'd like to talk with me about baptism, Please, I welcome that. We would love to baptize you on October the 21st. Psalm 59 is a reminder to us of fragile life, strong God. I want you to keep that in mind as we go through this psalm this morning. Fragile life, strong God. Not every psalm in the collection of psalms in the Bible have a heading like this one. But this one specifically tells us the event in David's life that this is connected to. And you'll notice, it goes back to the passage we looked at last week. Because it says that this is a prayer of David written when Saul sent men to surround his house and murder him. If you recall from last week, we talked about the providence of God and how four times in 1 Samuel 19, God intervened to save David's life. The first intervention, he used Jonathan, his friend, to talk his father, Saul, out of murdering David. In the second, we saw where David was playing his instrument before Saul and an evil spirit came upon him and Saul had a spear in his hand and he threw it at David and he missed. God intervened the second time. The third time was that Saul obviously had broken his vow to his son Jonathan about killing David and as we read here, sent a squadron of soldiers to basically surround David's house and then murder him. Before we even get into the words of this psalm this morning, let's put ourselves in David's place today. How would you feel if in your home, the one place, right, the one place that's sort of like our refuge as a human being, the one place that you like, if I, if I ever felt secure, it would be there, and yet you're not. None of us are. Which is why we are reminded even through this psalm that if we're ever really truly going to feel safe and secure, it's got to come from God and through God because our enemies, if they really want to get to us bad enough, they can get to us no matter what. 
including our spiritual enemy. And I'm not against us locking our doors and all of that and even having, you know, security systems and stuff, but let's face it. Again, if something's going to happen, it can happen. And only God can really give us that sense of safety and security. So here's David in his home, and he looks out the window, so to speak, and he sees his house surrounded by soldiers who want to kill him. How would you feel at that moment? If you looked out of your house and you saw your house literally surrounded by your enemy and you knew they wanted to take your life, how would you respond? What would you do? I think David gives us a great example in this psalm. And again, it's a reminder, fragile life, but strong God. Because if you take away anything from today's message, I want you to take away this. Only when we are strong in God are we truly strong. And that's why we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because there may be times in our life where our circumstances don't necessarily change. Our struggles may not diminish much. But we're stronger in our God. Which then gives us the strength to be able to navigate the circumstances and situations of life no matter what they are. And David was learning this in his own life way before he actually became the king of Israel. So the first thing I want us to note here are some things that David says about his enemies. And what I want us to see are a couple things. First of all, David doesn't spend the majority of his time, of his mind and heart, focusing on his enemies. He doesn't. He mentions them because we don't want to get to the place in our life, whatever the dangers are, whatever the, that we minimize it. You know, we as Christians can do that real well. It's almost like sometimes, even as followers of God, we don't want to admit how bad or dire things are. Like we want to, like, I think we should be just the opposite. If something's bad, then realize how bad it is. Don't try to deny the reality of it, and here's why. Because if you and I try to minimize what we're dealing with, then in a sense, we minimize the God who can come and help us in those circumstances. When we are willing to face the reality of how bad something is, then we also magnify the God who can make all the difference in that circumstance. And that's what David does. But first of all, notice at the end of verse 1, he says his enemies attack him. In verse 3, they ambush him. Also in verse 3, they stalk him. 
Then over in verse 7, they hurl insults at him and they threaten to kill him. These are the mentions of David's enemies. And he's not denying the reality that he has enemies. He's not denying the reality of the situation that he finds himself in. They've surrounded my house and they're going to kill me. At least they're threatening to. And all these other things. But he doesn't dwell there. He doesn't stay focused on his enemies. The first thing that we see David do here in this situation is he appeals to God for help. It's something all of us should do, regardless of our circumstance and situation in life, is always know that we can turn to the Lord. Notice these phrases from David. Verse 1, deliver me from my enemies, my God. Verse 2, deliver me from evildoers. Verse 2, rescue me from violent men. Verse 4, spring into action and help me. Take notice of me. Literally, see me, God. (laughs) Do you see me? But notice in the language here, what's David doing? He's in over his head. He has found himself in a situation that's way bigger than what he can deal with or handle. So who does he turn to? His God. And he asks God to deliver. He asks God to rescue. He asks God to help. He asks God to take notice. And that's what you and I should do when we find ourselves in these situations is know that we can always turn to God and we can ask for his help. You have not, Jesus said, because you ask not. And sometimes even as followers of God, we get ourselves in situations and we're either too proud to ask God for help or we just feel like I'm going to try to go through this and deal with it on my own. And God will not force himself into our life or into the situation, but he is always willing and able to help us when we reach out to him. And that's what David is doing here. He is appealing to his God. He's asking his God for help. Is that what we do when we find ourselves in any and every situation in life is know that we can always go to God with everything. Because we even learned last week, nothing is too big for God to help us with and nothing is too small. Sometimes as, again, Christians, we sort of insult God by saying, oh, I won't bother God with that because he's got, you know, bigger and better things to do. Whenever he's revealed to us, no, that's what I want you to do. I want you to come to me with everything and anything because I can help with all of it because I'm God. I'm God. Also notice David makes this statement. And this isn't always the case with David, and it's not always the case with us, but it is important that we point this out this morning in verse 4. Notice David says, 
I've done nothing wrong to deserve what I'm going through. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to deal with, isn't it, as a follower of God, is when you've done everything right and yet you're still going through struggles and opposition and challenges and trials because you and I somehow erroneously have gotten the idea somewhere along the line that even as a Christian, if I do everything I'm supposed to do, I'll never suffer, I'll never experience pain, I'll never have enemies, I'll never have trials. And that's not true. God never said that. But somehow we get that lie or untruth in our mind and then we become you know, disillusioned with God and, and discouraged in all of these things because we're not aligning ourselves with what God has revealed to us. God has said, there's going to be times where you, just like David, do everything right and you're still going to suffer. And David recognized that. But there's something else beyond appeal that David does in this psalm. And that is he affirms over and over and over again who God is. And who God is for him and who God is to him. We must do that, folks. We must speak over and over again to our hearts and our minds to settle ourselves, especially when we're going through trials and tribulations. And I think sometimes we don't do it enough and we stop repeating the truth over and over again. And and it's important that we do that because we need to keep pouring the truth in because especially when we're going through times like David was going through, the doubts and and the discouragement and the distractions and all of these different things can can be battling our hearts and minds and we've got to continually affirm who God is, who God is to us, who God is for us. Are we doing that regularly in our lives? Are we not only appealing to God, but are we affirming who God is? And again, it can't just be one and done. Like, I'll I'll speak this truth over me now and then move on. No, like David, you're going to see, sometimes he's repeating the same thing over and over again in a very short amount of time. The first thing I want us to see is verse 5. Notice he says, you, O Lord God, are the invincible warrior, the God of Israel. You've never lost a battle and you never will lose a battle. You never have lost a fight and you never will lose a fight. You are invincible. There is no force in this universe, visible and invisible, spiritual or physical, that can stand up to you. We sung about that kind of God today. We need to remind ourselves of that. Whatever you and I are facing, whatever we are going through, it's not bigger or greater than God. 
God is always bigger and greater than any trial, any enemy, any challenge that lays before us. And David was affirming that truth. Notice in verse 8, But you, O Lord, laugh in disgust at my enemies, and you even tell all the nations, bring it on. That's what that word taunt in the net translation means. God is basically saying to any who oppose him and his people, bring it on. Like, do you think I'm intimidated by you? I mean, get this picture in our minds today. If all the forces of evil in all the universe united against God at one time, it's not like God would be shaking in his boots if he wore boots. It's not like God would be like backing up or intimidated. God would be like, oh, all the forces of evil in the universe, you want to come against me? Bring it on. You're going to lose. Because all the forces of evil in the universe against God don't stand a chance. And God knows that. God wants his people to know that. Because sometimes, again, we're facing a situation or an enemy or something that seems really big. And we magnify the enemy. We magnify the trial. We, We magnify the opposition as if somehow... You know, it's, it's bigger than God. I mean, God's own people in the Old Testament did that. That's one of the reasons why they never went into the promised land. Because they went into the land to spy it out and they come back going, oh, there's giants in the land. Really? I don't care if those giants are 10 feet tall. And I don't care if there's a thousand of those giants. Compared to God, really? Are you kidding me? Like, you don't think God could have handled all of those Giants? That's what David is affirming. In his, he's speaking to his heart and mind, reminding himself of who God is. You and I must do that all the time, but especially in times like David, where we're surrounded, where the world is closing in on us, where we're going through pressures and trials and tribulations. Notice what David says in verse 9. You are my source of strength. Literally, my strength is you, God. Oh, we need to hear that today. God, you're my strength. And I'm going to strengthen myself in you. And if you are the almighty God and you have all power and all strength, that means that if I strengthen myself in you and you're my strength, you're my power, then that means I can handle and face anything and everything because no one or nothing is stronger than you. Is our strength today in the Lord? Fragile life, strong God. And God wants us all to leave his house today or our time in his house today. Maybe our circumstances haven't changed, but we've changed because we've become stronger in our Lord. Notice he says, and because you're going to strengthen me, God, and that you are my strength, I will wait for you. Notice that David is saying, I first have to receive your strength even to give me the ability and the capacity to wait on you. Sometimes we have a hard time waiting on our God to show up 
and to do something in our life, and it's because we're trying to wait in our own strength. David is giving us the the process here, if you will. First, I'm going to ask God to be my strength, and then the strength that he gives me is going to enable me to wait on him and to wait for him, to look to him, and to watch in expectation until he shows up. Then notice what David says, for God is my refuge, my stronghold, my security, my safety. The God, verse 10, who always and forever loves me and will help me. And I love this word help. It literally means to proceed, to go in front of. David is saying, whatever I am facing in my life, God goes before me. And he actually comes between me and whoever I'm facing and whatever I'm facing. Think about that in light of what David is facing right now. He looks out the window of his house and he sees his house surrounded by an enemy who wants to kill him. And David is reminding himself, but God is standing between me and them. God does the same thing for us. God will enable me, verse 10, to triumph over my enemies, literally to see the fall of my enemies, not just to triumph over them, but that God will allow me to see my enemies fall. And we know that to be true in David's life. Notice in verse 13, in the middle of the verse, he says to God, God, let them know that you rule. Let them know that you're in charge. Let them know who's on the throne. And then look at verse 16 in the middle of the verse. For again, he repeats, you are my refuge, my stronghold, my defense, and my place of shelter when I face trouble. You are the place that I run to where I have an escape, a refuge, when again, the world is closing in around me. Look at verse 17. He repeats this again. You are my source of strength. My strength is in you. For God is my refuge, my stronghold, my defense. Again, the God who forever and will always love me. I love that he ends with that. He's saying, I may be in a situation right now where God, you have allowed Saul to send and dispatch a a, a gang of soldiers around my own home to kill me. And yet I know that in this time, nothing has ever separated me from your love. You love me just as much now as you ever have or ever will. That's what Paul picks up on in Romans chapter 8, that famous passage where there is nothing that can separate us from the love of our God in Jesus Christ. Nothing. And David is saying the same thing. No matter what you and I go through, no matter what God in his providence allows us to go through, because we learned last week the providence of God can lead us to difficult places, that David is affirming that God still loves me, always has, always will. Even in this moment, when it may seem like God doesn't love me because he's allowing this to happen, God absolutely loves me. Do you see how often David repeated the same thing? 
how often he said, you're my source of strength, you're my refuge, you're my stronghold, you love me. Why? Because especially when we're going through those hard times, we need to over and over and over again, no matter how long we've been saved or a Christian, no matter how close to God we are, David was a great man of God, a godly young man, but he continually had to affirm the truth of who God was, who God was to him, and who God was for him. And you and I have to practice that every single day of our lives. And especially when we find ourselves in the kind of circumstances like David found himself in, and even much less than what David found himself in. So there was appeal. God, I need your help. There's affirmation. God, this is who you are and who you are to me. And then there's adoration. Adoration. Notice verse 16 and 17. David says, as for me, I'm not going to focus on my enemies. Now that I have appealed to you and I have affirmed this truth in you, you know what's welling up in David's heart? A heart of worship. And what I want us to see this morning is David still doesn't know the outcome of all this. Notice that. It's not like God has broken in and saved David at this point. David doesn't know how things are going to turn out. So David is not choosing to praise his God because his God chose to deliver him. David is choosing to praise God simply because of who God is and who God is to him and who God is for him because that will never change. Circumstances will change. Situations in life will change. But who God is to us and for us will never change. And that's why David says, I'm going to choose to worship my God even before I know the outcome of what's going to happen to me. That's, what, that's a kind of faith that God wants to see in us. That regardless of not even knowing how things are going to turn out yet, I'm going to choose to praise my God. Because notice, it is a choice. Notice in verse 16 and 17, three times David says, I will. It's a choice. I will do this. I'm resolved to do this. What's David resolved to do? Verse 16, as for me, I will sing about your strength. I will continually, in the Hebrew language, sing about your strength, your power and might. Because I know that at any time I can be strong in you. You're my strength, God. And then he says, I will praise your loyal love in the morning. I will sing about your loving kindness. God, you are so good and you are so faithful. That's what the words loyal love mean. God is always good to us. He's always kind to us. He's always faithful. That's captured in that Old Testament word, especially loving kindness of God. And then in verse 17, David says, after he says, God, my strength is in you, he says, I will sing praises to you. I will celebrate my God in song. I'm going to bring my adoration to you, God. Even when my house is surrounded by my enemies who want to kill me, and I don't know whether I'm going to survive or not, I am choosing to adore my God because I have not allowed this situation 
to break fellowship with my God. I'm not minimizing what I'm going through. I have identified the reality that is here. I have enemies, and they have surrounded my house. But I'm going to choose not to focus on my enemies. I, I'm choosing not to focus on the, the consequences and the, the situation. I'm going to choose in this moment to focus on my God. To affirm who he is. Who he is to me and who he is for me. As Nicole and I were walking through this passage of scripture several weeks ago, we both came to the conclusion that this would be a good Sunday to have some extra worship at the end of the service. And here's why. Because I want us to put into practice what David was doing here. Because you and I, I don't know what you're going through right now in your life. You, you may be going through some really difficult, hard struggles and hard days. But as people of God, we can choose, even before we know how things are going to turn out, we can choose in that moment to worship our God and be strengthened in him. Life is fragile. God is strong. And only when we are strong in God are we truly strong. And sometimes the struggles become magnified and become even greater for us because we're not strong in God. Either we have chosen to deal with the situations of life in our own strength or we have drifted away from God and we're not as close to God as we used to be. And we're not in the practice like David of appealing to God and of affirming the truth of who God is to us and who God is for us. So what I want us to do this morning, those of us who are here in this auditorium and even inviting those of you in your homes this morning, I want us to learn to worship through things with our God, affirming who our God is. And as you and I worship the Lord, in this first song, I want you to think about the fact that you and I, as we worship God, can literally practice all three of these at the same time while we're worshiping. You can be appealing to God, God, I need your help, like David did. This is bigger than me. This is more than I can handle. I need you. Nothing wrong with that. That's part of David's song of worship. But the second part is affirming who God is. And reminding ourselves of who God is. The invincible warrior. He's the God who's on the throne. No one else. He's the God who can help me. He's my refuge. I can settle myself in him. I can feel safe and secure in him no matter what my situation is. And then I can choose to adore him. To, to thank him and show my appreciation and gratitude for the fact that at times in life, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to go through painful circumstances. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. And that regardless of how those situations and circumstances turn out, 
I can always, as a follower of God, choose to worship him and praise him for who he is and for his relationship with me because circumstances of life don't ever change that. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus told all of us, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So I've got you through it all. I've got you in it all. I alone, as God, can make a way, a way where there seems to be no way. Choose to worship me today. So I'm going to ask Nicole and our worship team to come. And I'm going to ask you to join me as we stand and as we go through this time of transition, just to enter into a time of prayer with me, to prepare our hearts for an extended time of worship. And here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that for all of us, we will be stronger in God when we leave his house today or when we turn off the podcast today from our homes than we were when we entered into the events of today. Because only when we are strong in the Lord are we truly strong. Father, we thank you today that you used the dire circumstances of David's life to remind us, God, of who you are. And you used this young man and his relationship with you to set a great example for us that even when we don't deserve it, when we haven't done anything wrong, there's going to be times in our life where we go through suffering and pain and difficulty. But God, that never changes who you are and who you are to us and who you are for us. May all of us, Lord, today know that you are our strength. Our strength is you. And we can be as strong as we need to be and as strong as we want to be when we choose to appeal to you, affirm the truth of you, and adore you in worship. May our time of worship today be a time of strengthening your people and solidifying us, God, in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.